produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookie Radio. Something it is, like that. It is Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How's it going? Not bad. Hello, hello. Still recovering from the, the giant Life Day holiday last week. We talked about this briefly on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Thanksgiving hangover. I ate Thanksgiving leftovers at work for four days in a row after. About <laughs> done with Thanksgiving leftovers. Yeah, we were smart. We only brought home enough for like the next day. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I only, I only had it for three days. So you got me beat. Not that beat I want to do. <laughs> um, check out the website, wookieradio.net. Check out the store. On the store, you get your Wookie Radio hockey jerseys or baseball jersey, sweatshirt, a couple different sweatshirt designs. Uh, they're all hoodies. You got zip up. You got pullover. A couple different styles. Hats. Winter knit hats. Hey, supposedly it. there's white stuff out there. I've seen some. I know Derek's seen a whole lot more than I have, but <laughs> I still got some. Pullovers <laughs> went away today. I can send you some if you want. Um, also to support our our affiliates like Loot Crate, Superhero Stuff, which has got some great Star Wars stuff on there as well. And I think right now they're doing a thing, buy two, get one free with their hats. Uh, TV store online, ripped apparel. Um, so yeah, some cool stuff there. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. I will say the hockey jerseys from Yeti. I got one from Mighty Marvel Geeks. And you guys, you guys know how much I'm constantly wearing hockey jerseys or that type of stuff. Those jerseys, I their jerseys, quality is superb. The sublimation, the, st- it's, the colors are very bold and vibrant, whereas I have seen some where yeah, they're kind of bold, but they're kind of flat. No, these are these pop well. So, definitely I would recommend the shirt. You know, baseball, hockey, whatever. I am glad we are with Yeti. Uh, thanks to the guys at uh, the team at Yeti Sports. Uh, thank you for allowing us to, to have our stuff with you guys. So definitely top-notch quality, and I'm proud to have, along with our logo on there, Yeti advertising their their name on, on our pro- on our products as well. Quality with quality. So, um, I guess we'll get right into it. Big news of the week. I didn't know this until I got the press release, and I'm like, oh, no, cool. this came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah this I came thought- Wednesday. Wednesday's okay. when I got the press release. Um, Wednesday the 28th. Wednesday's when I put it up on our website. So I put it up on wookieradio.net. So you can see the press release there. But I didn't know there was a StarWarsKids.com. And I think it launched this week. And then the cool thing I saw from that, I, I saw from Yakface on on uh, Facebook. I think it was Yakface. I, I kept seeing these action figures in a tube. I'm like, what's this? And then um, there's a Astromech figure 
Meteor Group on Facebook, and they had an R2, and of course, they pulled apart the R2 um, to show the, the makeup of the R2-D2. I'm like, where is this coming from? And then the press release comes, oh, here's this, and then I get the press release from Hasbro, which I gotta get that up on the site, um, talking about it. Um, so, Derek's got the info on the figures, but I'm gonna tell you about the site and the, and the show. Um, the Porg Whisperer, aka my daughter, and I are gonna be, yes, I'm calling her the Porg Whisperer. Uh, we're gonna be uh, going through the site and the show, and we're gonna try and get reviews up on the on the website. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna derail for a quick second. She got for her birthday that Lego Porg, full size Porg. It took me three hours and forty minutes to build. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's actually a cool little thing. Uh, anyway, getting back. According to StarWars.com. Go ahead. Those pictures I took were cool little things, too. I got to put yeah. that up on the, uh, on our Facebook page. Yeah. I put it up on mine. I will have to transfer them to uh, the Wookiee Radio Facebook page. S- send them to me as well, and I'll throw them up on Instagram. Okay. Um, I can do that. Now, Lucasfilm executive James Wog tells StarWars.com about the series of animated shorts and how they introduce classic characters and timeless themes to new fans. Of course, they're talking about the kids. Well, me, being a parent of a kid, a.k.a the poor Whisperer. Um, I, I, I was trying to figure out, do we call her Junior Smuggler? I was like, no, she's the poor Whisperer. Um, that's her role in this group. She's the poor Whisperer. Um, so a lot of this is aimed towards her. It's sort of like Forces of Destiny, where it, you know, that was aimed was aimed more towards girls, but was aimed towards kids. This is truly a non-discriminatory thing. This is aimed towards kids. Uh, and I think it's cool they're doing the, the Star Wars Kids dot as well, along with the, the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. This allows mm-hmm. the kids to get their own information about stuff. Like with Zoe, with Zoe I mean, she's part of a podcast at her school, the Podcast Club. Now, if she wants to talk about Star Wars, she can get her information for her podcast, school's podcast, from StarWarsKids.com. And it, and it kind of makes sense, because Marvel has MarvelKids. I think it's MarvelKids.com, but they have a kids site as well. So, of course, Disney with Disney XD, Disney Channel has their kid. Well, I think it's all Disney now is the kids. It's kind of the kids site for Disney. So, um, so the show is called Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures. And on November 30th came out the first six shorts combining original dialogue, music and sound effects with bold new animation. And I, I really kind of dig this animation style. It, yeah, I actually watched those videos. I watched those videos before we recorded tonight, and uh, they got a very kind of an anime feel. The the art style is anime, but the animation doesn't feel anime. It's weird. See, it's I, almost I, like anime drawings or manga drawings, and applied the animation style of um, Resistance. See, I'm, I saw the pictures, and my first immediate thought was, "Oh, this is the animation style used for the little golden books for the covers," yeah. which I thought was cool. Either way, uh, the artwork looks amazing. I I, I really like it. Yeah. Um, so to, conti- to continue on, um, it's designed to help older fans, parents, and other mentors to welcome the kids in their lives to explore the galaxy far, far away. Okay, at this point in time, now I'm starting to worry this may be beneath Zoe a little bit, only because, oh, I've just done a really good job with her. Yeah, well, as I said, I watched these, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It feels like an animated version of Little Golden Books. So the way Little Golden Books takes the story and breaks down parts of it 
into small chunks that are digestible. That's what this feels like. Which is great. And does it feel geared, definitely geared towards younger audiences? Yeah. It, every video is about a minute long, maybe to minute 10. Mm. It's about a minute 15 with the ad at the end. Like they tell you, they show you a couple other videos and say, watch these. Mm. I, but you know, remember when the original Clone Wars micro series came out? Oh, yeah. Those no, were no, that was above where this is at. Right. But the season one was only, those were 12 three minute episodes. Yeah. So, and those were geared towards adults. Yeah. No, no, no. no. This is geared way even less than that because um, one of the scenes is basically um, R2 and 3PO watching blasters on the Tantive and then um, walking to the escape pod. That's all it is. That's them getting it. Oh, wow. <laughs> it introduces, but what it does do is it introduces younger kids into what is the galaxy of Star Wars. One of them is basically just who is Darth Vader. Oh, that's cool. But you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. But you know, if you have a family member that's older who doesn't, what's Star Wars? Are girls, ladies, female listener types of the show. If you have a boyfriend who's a jock who doesn't know Star Wars, these are right at their level. <laughs> I, I love you lots. What's this war stars you talk about? It's Star Wars, honey, and here you go. What happens when you hook up with an alpha, with the, um, what is the alpha beta? <laughs> um, <a> ogre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with Galaxy of Adventures, um, we want, this is from James Watt, we wanted to craft something that allowed parents to help their kids take their first step into a much larger world. Whether they're ready to show their kids the films or want to find new ways to explore the, the content. Uh, now, there's going to be another set of shorts coming out in December with regular releases following in 2019. Uh, the dynamic animated adventures are only a part of a multi-pronged initiative under the Galaxy of Adventures banner and beginning the year-long celebration of Star Wars storytelling, which will culminate with the final chapter in the Star Wars saga, Star Wars Episode Nine, in theaters December 2019. Um, so, basically, you know, the rest of this article talks about how Star Wars is for families, which has been something my daughter understands because of gone, having gone to two celebrations. And celebration is a family event. It's not a convention. It's an event. And it's a family, like one huge family reunion, so to speak. Um, but Galaxy Adventures does just that as well, providing a kid-friendly entry port into some of the greatest characters, moments, and themes, but also being kind of highlighting that family aspect as well. Um, you know, since, since it's still going to be going over the whole Skywalker saga, uh, they're simple stories, uh, bite-sized content, as Ken had put it as well. Um, so little, little chunks of snippets, ladies, perfect for that jock boyfriend of yours. Um, one in here was um, use it. I almost wish they would have actually re um, re-recorded the dialogue because using the original dialogue really doesn't fit. You're not seeing in your head the dialogue on screen. Now, kids, oh, really? Problem, but mm. like, uh, if you watch the Han Solo in this, looks younger than Han in the movies. But you still get Harrison Ford's voice doing the from the New Hope and from Empire. But it doesn't yeah. look like he's almost more like old Aaron Wright. But you know, young kids and therapy monkeys just young aren't going to know the difference. And really, it, it costs a whole lot less to use dialogue you already have. True. Yeah. <laughs> but again, they're they're it's they're basically reanimating key key moments of the film. Exactly. For for something a a child or a therapy monkey will understand. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Now, from one of the final comments from Wog was, as for Star Wars kids, I'm excited to tell new stories, to explore new talent and entertainment forms, unexpected forms of animation, a variety of tonal explorations, and get to look at this universe in a fresh way. I'm excited to share this content with my son, and I'm excited to see where the imagination takes us all. So I think that's cool, too. He's it's sort of like having been to Disney so many times, and then those f- first few years taking Zoe, as I, or, or taking my niece those first few times, and re-seeing the parks through their eyes. Or whenever I, I bring people to the park who've never been, um, like you know, we talked about the summer, uh, David Kelly from St. John New, bon- New Brunswick with his uh, with the Team DK, because you know, he's battling his, his cancer. Um, he had never been to Disney. So being able to get him into the park and then see his Facebook of the, the time he had, that's what's cool for me. And, and so I think this would be cool too. Maybe there's there will be some stuff in this that will catch Zoe's attention. And to see her get new um, new realizations from it is going to be awesome. Yeah. So or, or seeing her use this to show her friends, this is what Star Wars is about, I think will be cool as well. Another thing that could be interesting is if they would take that Star Wars kids site and maybe actually um, allow some younger kids to um, add content, get stories from the, um, a younger audience, not even young adult, like seven to ten year old kids even. I mean, obviously with their parents' help and with editors' help, of, um, but still get the stories from their point of view of what they're seeing in Star Wars and what they think of what's coming up. I mean, you, you don't have anyone in mind, do you? I have no idea. I mean, maybe a Porg Whisperer who, had, who brought some great questions to the table when we interviewed Vanessa Marshall? That's a possibility. You may have, I may know someone who might be able to slip that into somewhere. Not saying, but it, it could be, I, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a very great idea. Let, let's, well, if it's being geared towards kids, let's get some junior reporters mm-hmm. on here. Junior content writers. Let's get them on there. Let's start growing that that future now. Well, like you said, Zoe at her school is a part of a podcast club where they actually record a podcast. It's all kids, obviously with adults help, right. but they're doing the work. Elementary school, and they're the only school in the district with a podcast, with a school podcast. No other school in the district has it. I'm sure you had nothing to do with helping that. <laughs> no. <laughs> nothing. So. Tell me they're on the Weeby Geeks Network. Not yet. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still looking at legalities. Ah, uh, okay. I would love to put them on the Weeby Geeks Network. I'll have all the parents sign off on it. You're all good. I would. Well, Weeby no. It's the school network. It's the school district that's got to sign off. Ah. No, I would, I would almost, I don't know about putting them on the Weeby Geeks Network, but I would love to, to put, you know, create a site for them. You can start the Weeby Geeks Children's Network. Well, I, I have mentioned to Zoe that if she wanted to do her own podcast, I will show her how to record, how to save, and then I'll edit it for her for the moment. It's called Micro Geeks. It's whatever <laughs> she wants to name it. <laughs> hey, she's the one who came up with the, with the school's podcast name. So, um, but, you know, I, I mentioned Yak Face showing the the action figures. Um, Derek, you've got more information about these. Indeed I do. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I had to wet the old whistle. Wet the old whistle? 
<laughs> well, um, so along with the cartoon for the Galaxies of Adventures, uh, the animated shorts, uh, there's uh, a new toy line being released as well. And uh, Hasbro revealed their new toy line for the series just moments after the release of the first six shorts from Star Wars Galaxy Adventures. Uh, and this, these, these action figures actually kind of uh, go along with the helping the idea of help helping to introduce people to uh, kids mostly to Star Wars in um, that each figure first of all they come in a, in a uh, tube like packaging which that, uh, I think that looks kind of cool yeah with uh, with some interesting artwork on it of each character um, and the figures are of course put out by Hasbro uh, they are rated ages four years and up the approximate retail price will be $9.99. It's not bad. No, not bad, really. Uh, and the availability, it says, will be fall 2018, which is basically right now. Okay, well, uh, I want to clarify, because <clears throat> if I remember the Hasbro press release right, and I hope I don't jump the gun on you, they're available exclusively at Walmart now. Oh, oh you did jump the gun on me. <laughs> then, I'll, all right. then I'm going to stop. Then I'll stop. I'm going to stop. Let you, let you go. So. All right. All right. So, uh, each figure comes, uh, each pack, Galaxy Adventures figure pack comes with one three and three quarter inch figure, one mini comic, and one QR code that kids can activate with a smart device. Smart device not included. To discover <laughs> more stories online about the character. Now, look, looking, um, at the, looking at the figures, mm. they're not new sculpts. No. Which which I'm okay with. Uh, for, for what this is, yeah. Actually, actually I kind of like that um, because if you're if you're going to use these to introduce kids to Star Wars, it's kind of nice to uh, to give them these familiar sculpts. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, each character has a uh, small description of them. So characters include Darth Vader, who is a Sith Lord who uses the powers of the Dark Side to battle rebel forces and help the evil Galactic Empire keep control of the galaxy. Uh, next up, we have a frozen web page. <laughs> Come on. We have a, a guy who's too fly to be a Jedi. <laughs> Next up, we have Luke Skywalker himself. <laughs> uh, too fly to be a Jedi. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second. <sighs> Work with me here. All right. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What is with this page? You get it? Let us know if you need one of us to kind of help pick up. All right. I got it. Yay. Next up is Luke Skywalker, a farm boy from Tatooine. Luke Skywalker becomes a hero when he trains as a Jedi and uses the Force to help save the galaxy. And the Luke Skywalker is the Luke Skywalker in black from Return of the Jedi, interestingly enough. Okay, uh, uh, would you have rather have had the Return of the Jedi one, or would you have rather have had Bespin Luke outfit? <sighs> Uh, I think we get, we've gotten less of the Bestman Luke, but this is what the matching, if I remember right, this matches what we see in the actual show, too. Okay. Yeah, so that would make sense then. Uh, next up, we have Chewbacca, the legendary Wookiee warrior and the loyal co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon, one of the fastest ships in the galaxy. I heard it did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. That's, I would beg different. Not one of the fastest. It is the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Well, it didn't say hunk of junk. It just said ships. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Technically, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, next up, we have R2-D2, a loyal droid and skilled starship mechanic. R2-D2 witnesses some of the galaxy's greatest battles as he serves alongside legendary pilots and rebels. And um, I don't know if I mentioned it, but each of these toys comes with an accessory. Uh, for example, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker come with lightsabers. Chewie comes with his bowcaster. Uh, R2 actually has the two jets that attach yeah. to his leg. Yeah, this is the episode two, um, one of the episode two figures, isn't it, originally? Uh, yes. Yeah, because they yeah. Yeah. fly yeah. around factories. Yep. I think that might have been the one that actually came with the uh, with the slug. It looks like the same sculpt that came with the slug that invaded Padme's. Hmm. Could be. Could be. Because I want to say that one had the jets, too. Unless it's, unless it's episode three from the hangar. Mm. I think it might be more of that. Yeah, Maybe. Toy of that one. Yeah, I think it's more from episode three than it is two. Sorry. Next up, <laughs> next up, we have Princess Leia. More than just a princess, Leia is one of the greatest leaders in the galaxy and joins the rebel forces in their efforts to defeat the evil Galactic Empire. And that that <laughs> one is the what? That's a hot Leia. Yeah. From Echo Base. <clears throat> Give yourself to the dark side. I don't wanna. <laughs> I don't like the dark side. Don't make me go. No kid, they have, they have cookies. They have cookies, but they're oatmeal raisin. <laughs> Snickerdoodles. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Yoda, a Jedi master and mentor to many Jedi in training. Yoda proves through his impressive use of the Force that one should never judge another's power based on size alone. Oh, that's clever how they worded that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next up, we have oh the Stormtrooper. What scope do you think that one is? Fine. Every uh, line have at least one of these. Yes, because stormtroopers are the blaster-carrying soldiers of the Empire whose biggest mission is to destroy the Rebellion and protect the Imperial cause. Ooh. And of course, uh, stormtroopers are the cannon fodder of the Star Wars universe. Uh, next up, we have Han Solo in his, uh, his Bespin outfit. Uh, a smuggler and a scoundrel, Han Solo proves that he can also be a hero when he rescues his friends and helps in the rebellion against the Galactic Empire for a price. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's it for now. Again, as uh, as was stated earlier, these are all available exclusively at Wally World. It's interesting, though. Yeah, well, the interesting thing is there are two prequel figures in here, but they're keeping the story of this so far firmly rooted in the original trilogy. I'm wondering mm. if, because they're aiming this at a younger audience, like they're saying that these are for four years and older, but it looks like they're aiming this at four to six-year-olds yeah. at the most. So I think they're pur- purposely leaving it in the original trilogy era so that you don't confuse the kids. With all of a sudden, you have stormtroopers. Well, now you have clone troopers. Now you got the first order. Who's right. The right. Yeah. Like it, like I said, Mike, I think you nailed it on the head. This Galaxies of Adventure is basically the little golden books of animated series. Uh, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, so I wonder how much, I wonder what else they have planned for uh, episodes and as well as other figures. Who knows? After people have had time to um, figure out what this is yeah. for kids, I wouldn't yeah. say people. But this is like I said. It's this is directly aimed at younger kids. I mean, it's only been two, a day or two, so right. uh, we, we we gotta get the growth there. 
So I mean, give it, give it a chance. Don't, don't jump on it and be harsh. Give it time. It's almost like a good jambalaya. You gotta let it sit and 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 just cook and simmer and let the flavors go and build up the love. Jambalaya. So yeah, it's just it's just interesting that this just came out all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's weird. We know a little bit about Star Wars, right? I watched all of the videos. I guess six. (laughs) There was six of the um the Galaxy of Adventure as of recording. Six of those up and three of um like a fun facts videos. Oh, that's and cool. I enjoyed them oh. even though I didn't learn anything new. I think fun fact like um what are starfighters and it it showed like seven or eight different starfighters and who uses them. It, it seems like interesting. This, this almost sounds like it, it's also the uh scholastic books uh, cuz I I got Zoe the Star Wars ABC's heroes and villains books. Yeah. So this kind of fits, sounds like it's fitting all that as well. Taking mm-hmm. the books that are out there and making series. But I'm I'm looking at this tube for Han Solo. I I, th- I think I just want it just for what it is. Seriously, it says the scoundrel. Yeah. <laughs> rather a rather if it said smuggler, but the scoundrel is what he is too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that would be one that I would get and just leave on the shelf as is unopened. And, and that one's Bespin Luke. I mean, not Bespin Luke. Bespin Han. Mm-hmm. I'm impre- I'm impressed with this packaging, and I'm impressed with that the book has the same animation style. Yeah. As, as the series. So I'm wondering who's doing the books for them, if it's Marvel or IDW. I'm wondering if these aren't just reprints. No, because the, you look at the artwork on them. Yeah, said, these are... Yeah. Um, I, no, I don't recognize these scenes. I say this could be just the uh, the ones we already have in a picture form where they just take cells from it. But no, none of these are actually out of the, out of the books or out of the um, shows, unless these are shows that we haven't seen yet. Just like... Um, could be. I, had, I was a kid. I had a couple of Voltron kids' books that it was just cells from the animation from the show, and they put yeah. um, over it. Well, it's kind of what when Joe Caramagna worked on the Marvel Universe stuff, uh, mm-hmm. the cartoon stuff. That's kind of what he does. Took the the artwork of the shows and, and retold, and then converted it to comic book form. Exactly. But, I mean, the art's done. You just got to grab stills out of it. Yeah, but there's even more collectibles out there. Oh yeah. Well, Hasbro has got a bunch of stuff coming, obviously. But um, the next one, I believe, is also already out. And this one now Hasbro for a long time they don't keep them for a long period of time but they run these uh, younger kid action figure lines basically and uh, right now they have the Micro Force out now my favorite I, of these was the Jedi Force I will well this Micro Force these are small yeah Zoe, Zoe has uh, we did a blind pack of one of these they're they're small mm-hmm. they're, they're they're not like the Jedi Force they're not like the Galactic Heroes I mean they're smaller than that um, there was mm-hmm. a, there was something similar to the Micro Force yeah well these look like the sculpts look like the Micro Force or the Jedi Force or um, what was the other one? The Galactic Heroes. It's that same style, but these are smaller. And the press release is this is for um, the Micro Force WoW. And the description here was we're pleased to share that Hasbro revealed a new line of Star, Star Wars Micro Force line just in time for the holidays. Micro Force WoW is a blind surprise pot pack that includes four squishable small scale figures and a sticker sheet with a lightsaber blade packaging, making it perfect for stocking stuffers for Star Wars fans of all ages. And these, like I said there, these are blind bags. So you get four figures in a blind pack. They're retailing at $7.99. They're supposed to be for aging up. And um, they're out, they should be out now. It says you peel off the Star Wars Micro Force WoW Series 1 lightsaber blade to reveal the uh, figures and the sticker sheet contained inside. Micro Force figures
figures are expressive, small-scale figures from the Star Wars galaxy that let kids and collectors recreate their favorite Star Wars and activity or adventures in a micro-galaxy. Micro Second hilt of the lightsaber with the stickers and blast into intergalactic action, action with squishable small-scale figures of the Star Wars Microforce. You get four figures and one sticker sheet in each of these. Um, and it says each sold separately in uh, all the classes. But this, just like our uh, the Galaxy of Adventure figures, is available exclusively at Walmart until January 1st, then everywhere else. So Walmart has like sold their souls to Disney or something for the holiday season. Apparently. Yeah. So that's interesting, but that's not the only new collectibles we're hearing about. Walgreens gets some exclusives also, and they, they've for a while have been getting exclusive pop, Funko Pops. Well, Funko has actually announced that they're releasing a Revenge, Revenge of the Sith Dark Side Anakin Skywalker pop figure exclusively at Walgreens. Um, and he's got the yellow eyes um, featuring the yellow Sith eyes and ignited lightsaber. He's still got his blue lightsaber because he hadn't, didn't have to um, red yet. And the look for this figure to start arriving at Walgreens store shelves in the near future and happy hunting it says. And this is the um, Anakin <laughs> with the um, regular black and brown Jedi robes. It, basically, this is the Anakin Skywalker without the hood that um, destroyed or killed all the younglings in the temple. The yellow eyes, he's got the scar on his face and um, he's wearing the glove where his mechanical hand is. This one looks awesome. And it's kind of cool how they did the yellow eyes, but they have the red around the eyes too. And then the next one is Lex Watches. Now, I've never heard of Lex Watch, but um, it says Star Wars Watches collection from Flex Watches features, features seven unique limited edition designs from the for the discerning fan. Flex Watch bands are interchangeable, meaning there are 98 possible combinations you can create using the Star Wars themed watches, faces, and bands. Uh, the Flex Watches come in classic and mini sizes, are five atmosphere water resistant, and are made of lightweight ergonomic silicone with a stainless steel backplate. Now, all the watches in the collection, and a lot, some of these look really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But watches come in a collectible collector's edition boxes with secret messages hidden away in the construction. Uh, we, drove, we dove into every detail to create a Star Wars experience and we'll never forget. So, and then one thing it doesn't show is how much are these going to cost? One million dollars. Well, luckily I'm on the Flex website so I can look to, in their shop and uh, you can swap out the bands as long as you get more than one of these and they're all $40 each. Uh, yeah. For the full size and the mini are both $40. That's not bad at all. Uh, yeah. And you can actually buy the Star Wars Collector's Pack for $240 and it comes with seven watches. So it's all seven watches for $240. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And actually, if you buy the Collector's Pack, it says it still has it. The um, the lightsaber watch, which is, it looks like a plain black band with the crossed red and green lightsabers on the face, is sold out now. So it looks like you may only be able to get that if you buy the um, Collector's Set right now. Well, that's cool. So that's over at FlexWatches.com. I'm not sure where else you can get them. Uh, let me see here. I don't see, yeah, I don't see anywhere where it says who carries them other than Flex Watches, so. But that's what's going on on the collectibles front at the moment. Well, that's cool. I know that um, exclusive uh, Anakin Skywalker, I may be going to Walgreens and looking around a little. Yeah. Mm, indeed. Now, some sad news. Um, Gloria Katz, writer for American Graffiti and Star Wars, script doctor, and of course has written many others like the great classic Howard the Duck, um, French Postcards, Best Defense, Radio Land Murders, Sigh of Evil. Uh, well, Miss Katz has passed away. So, um, so we're losing a, a key, major key person who was heavy in our lives with the original films. Yeah, you know, with, with stuff that we watched with Lucas. Yeah, you know, American mm -hmm. Graffiti, you know, Star Wars, 
Uh, she helped pin Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Yeah, she and um, her husband played for yeah, that. So, I mean, quite a bit there. So, yeah, uh, our hearts out to her daughter, Rebecca, uh, who is their, I think, her only survivor, uh, unless her husband's still alive as well. But uh, deepest respects and love to the to her family and her friends from us here at Wilkie Radio. So, um, yeah, she's done a lot of, if you look, a lot of um, what she did, it's uh, basically anything Lucas was involved in back in um, the back in the start. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Between Luke and um, Spielberg. Yep. But let's put it back towards some, some interesting news, shall we? Hey, this is kind of a surprise. <sighs> Talking about yeah. left field. Yeah. Well, um, let's cover some, uh, well, I was going to say TV news, but I guess uh, let's cover some uh, Disney Plus news. And uh, the first bit of news we have is that a veteran actor who many should know uh, has joined the cast of The Mandalorian. Mandalorian, and that is Mr. Nick Nolte. Ooh. Who? Uh, 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 he was, you know, he was a uh, uh, he did a uh, uh, forty-eight hours uh, uh, down and out in Beverly Hills. Uh, he was he was the Hulk's father. Um, so no relevance. Yeah, not really. No. Uh, <laughs> um, so of course we know that the cast for the Mandalorian so far includes Pedro. Pascal and Gina Carano. Uh, the series is in, already in production, and it will contain contain heavy visual effects, costumes, and makeup that would allow actors to come and go as well. And in some cases, they can be cast later in the production than usual. Now, John Favreau wrote the series and is executive producing, along with Kathleen Kennedy, Colin Wilson, and Dave Filoni, who will also direct. Episodes, huh? John Favreau, Fava Beans. Oh, Dave Filoni, I'm still saying, is uh, being groomed to basically take over the um, story division of Lucasville. They need a single voice on top there. We've been saying that for a long time, and he is the first choice to lead the story group and basically uh, be that buck stops here guy. He will. He's becoming the Kevin Feige for Lucasfilm. Possibly. Exactly. We need him to take that role, and then Kathy Kennedy is great as a businesswoman. Run the business side and the money side of Lucasfilm, and let Filoni take care of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, we've been beating that horse, but it hasn't died don't, yet. Don't. That's because we're beating it towards the finish line. It's going to happen. <laughs> don't do like Marvel did with the whole creative group and, and end up causing the split. Let this let this work out this way. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing is I think enough people at Lucasfilm and outside of Lucasfilm realize what Dave Filoni brings to the table right now. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know what he brings to the table, then you're either new to Star Wars or you're too stuck on yourself to, to open your eyes and see what's going on. Watch a couple of episodes of The Clone Wars and then tell us who Dave Filoni you think he is. Oh, look at Rebels as well. Mm-hmm. Are you done? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> this is not about Dave Filoni. This is about Nick Nolte. It should be. Oh, We're going to have a Filoni cast coming soon. Although Filoni will be directing episodes along with Taika Waititi, who you may remember as the director of Thor Ragnarok, the uh, the only good Thor movie. Uh Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Fum, uh, Famayiwa, and Deborah Chow. 
Uh, now, there aren't a whole lot of character details, but we do have a synopsis of the show. And it says, after the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the trails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Now, no word yet on who Nick Nolte will be playing, but it's interesting to ponder. A homeless guy. Possibly. But a homeless guy. Play that role. A homeless guy in the Star Wars universe. Now, next up, we have some information on the Disney, the other Disney Plus Star Wars show. Uh, and that will be the, uh, the role, the, uh, show they're doing based on Cassian Andor. And they have found a showrunner, and that is the executive producer of the show The Americans, the hit FX spy series that just ended recently, uh, Stephen Schiff. Uh, and uh, Deadline is also reporting that uh, the show is a mass writers and will star Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, uh, reprising his role. And the series is set to head into production sometime next year. And of course, the series is described as the rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. A release date for the series has not yet been announced. But that sounds very interesting. Yeah, yeah that's actually, I think, a perfect choice because that show was all, it was a straight spy show about sleeper, uh, sleeper cells of Russian spies in America, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that could be very interesting. Now, there's some funny stuff here from uh, Diego Luna. Uh, one thing he said when uh, when he when the statement was made that he was going to be in the show was that uh, he said, "Going back to the Star Wars universe is very special for me. I have so many memories of the great work we did together and re- the relationships I made throughout the journey. We have a fantastic adventure ahead of us, and this new exciting format will give us a chance to explore this character more deeply." Now, there's a running joke uh, in Luna's interviews uh, where he said that all he wanted to do was touch Jabba the Hutt to understand what his skin felt like. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, when the show was announced, fans couldn't help but wonder if this meant that the opportunity to touch Jabba would finally present itself. To which uh, Luna said, I guess my life will change the day I get to find out what the texture of Jabba's skin is like. One thing you can say, one thing one thing you say on one day in the middle of 150 interviews suddenly haunts you for the rest of your life. It's incredible the amount of crap I get for that. I love it. I love it. But I still want to touch Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> you sick, man. <laughs> uh, also, it's unclear exactly how far off the series will be from Rogue One, but Luna did point out that CGI might be used to make his character look younger. To which he said, it's the magic of film. I'm going to be younger and younger in the next three, four years or whatever time this takes. I'm going to get younger, which I love. It's fantastic if we can use technology to make me younger. <laughs> so, he's 
got that going for him. <laughs> but yeah, that sounds that I like. This sounds too and a, a different take. Um, going into more like the spy stuff yeah. in the Star Wars universe. I really like that. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Same so with Disney Plus. Yeah, this Disney Plus is interesting because it's basically I think doing uh, when they saw the putting out Star Wars movies as fast as they were and saw the reaction to um, where they messed up with Solo, put it out too fast and didn't market it enough. So maybe instead of 900 different styles of films in movies, we're going to get a couple different styles in the shows and see how that right, works. Right, yeah. Actually, the Mandalorian looks like it's going to basically be a Western. I hope right, so. Yeah. Straight up. You I mean, can tell Lu- that. Lucas yeah. had mentioned he wanted a, he was wanting to do a Star Wars Western. Mm-hmm. This is it. I think he's following through with his, with Lucas's wishes. And let's, let's mm-hmm. make this that Western. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. They just announced, what, two weeks ago that Pedro Pascal's the lead in it or whatever, that they've just signed him and he's, uh, we got production stills of the Mandalorian from like two months ago. Yeah. So who would if Pedro Pascal hadn't signed in yet? True. Well, I mean, since he's in costume, it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, I've heard that one of the theories I heard was that uh, basically they were already filming the stunts and stuff so they can get that done and out of the way and all they, all they gotta do is film the actual dialogue and mm, acting without the Yeah, that's a possibility, sure. You can get started on the special effects shots way ahead of time. Right. So, but we're talking about George Lucas wanted to make a western. Well, George Lucas may actually be involved in something coming up anyway. Now, Boris Johnson, this is a name that I have never heard in Star Wars because actually he has nothing to do with Star Wars. But he was giving a speech to the DUP annual conference in Belfast earlier this week. Now, I have no idea what the DUP is, but um, he, <laughs> Boris Johnson is, I believe, the former finance minister for Great Britain. For, um, Britain. Mm, yes, I think Here, so. He was UK Foreign Secretary. And um, he was given this speech at the, the DUP's annual conference in Belfast, Ireland, and he had the an intention of boasting on the accolades of the UK and saying, hey, look at how good we're doing. And he mentioned that the upcoming, now this is what he said this week, the, the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi film that supposedly is in the works for Lucasfilm, he mentioned. And then according to The Spectator, which is a um, website that covers, it looks, I looked through it a little bit, it's mostly British politics, and it, they claim, or the, according to them, Johnson claimed that the UK has, quote, by far the most dynamic creative culture and media industries. Then he went on to ask the question, um, which was the biggest grossing movie last year? Star Wars. And where does George Lucas propose that to make up, make a follow-up about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Northern Ireland. So he specifically dropped the name George Lucas. Now, this could be that he doesn't know that Lucas isn't running the company anymore, but there's a chance Lucas may actually be involved in this movie somehow. Um, it says that the George Lucas name drop is what's getting the buzz from everybody, especially considering the Star Wars creator hasn't directed any film since Revenge of the Sith in 2005. Now wait, didn't he um, Didn't he do Red Tails since then? Did he direct that one? Yes. Or was he just the pre- mm, I believe he so, directed some of it as well. Okay. Well, um, now there's a chance, it says it points out here that the former mayor of London and UK foreign secretary was just using Lucas's name for the generalization or he just doesn't realize that Lucas isn't involved now, but um, Lucas is, of course, the main person associated with the franchise, and a British politician could have just been referencing or um, referring to Lucasfilm. However, that doesn't mean we can't hope for that the director will... Yeah, like I was just saying. There's... um, What's the chances that Lucas may decide, you know what? I want to do the Obi-Wan 
one movie. Now he has a lot more, um, a lot more overhead and people you'd have to answer to, which he doesn't work well in a uh, in a studio system. We've seen that before. <laughs> Interesting to see yeah. him decide he wanted to do this. Hmm. I don't know. It seems a little far fetched to me. Yeah, maybe. I'm definitely not going to get my hopes up on that one. I'll, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. But if it did, you imagine how um, because you, there's been a lot of people uh, that recently all of a sudden uh, all the people that said Lucas messed up their childhoods all these people that were screaming about the prequels are now screaming that Lucas is not involved <laughs> you mentioned that back when The Force Awakens first came out uh, yeah. so it's like everybody wants him back now now might be the time that all of a sudden the, the original maker comes back and um, onto the scene and see what happens yeah maybe yeah. And, and, and if he would maybe the little bit of overhead and having to bounce ideas off of some other people might um, help him rein in some of the things people had problems with on the prequels. So remember, in the prequels, he basically had nobody above him saying, wait, George, maybe we should do this a different way. Right, right. Should there have been? Maybe. I think so. <laughs> I think so, too. I mean, even if it was just someone in there um, helping with the dialogue and the scripting and stuff or anything in there, just someone that he would bounce it, because you got to remember, the original three movies, he did, he was bouncing ideas off of Spielberg and Coppola and all these other guys that would, some of them reined in his ideas, some of them they said, go for it. Right. Mm. So, but this is very interesting ideas to contemplate. Yeah. yeah. Well, since we have some time left, now, originally we weren't going to do it. I'm going to say let's go ahead and cover it. Um, We're going to cover this last week's episode of um, Star Wars Resistance. Uh, Here's 11 fun facts from the Platform Classic. Uh, Number one, the earliest idea for this episode was centered around Han Solo coming for a visit. It was soon changed to have someone from Jaeger's past, a.k.a. his brother. I can see that. I can see that because they mentioned the five sabers race, which we do hear about um, Han, I believe, officiating in the in the novel Bloodlines, which is where I was going to go next. <laughs> um, I jumped ahead of Derek and jumps ahead of me. Circle of life. Um, Captain Doza identifies Marcus Speedstar as a three time winner of the five sabers. Uh, it's a competition first mentioned in the 2016 novel Bloodline by Claudia Gray, as notated by. And Ruse. Sorry about that. Now, a a new challenger, almost. Uh, Earlier versions of the story had Griff personally challenging Marcus while at Anzi's, deepening his stake in the race as well. But as it turns out, all Griff really needed to worry about was whether his ejection seat was working. Um, And then the Finns, Oplock, Marcus Speedster's mechanic and friend, who is kind of a cool character, is a mountain Nikito, thus speaking crazy. He does not speak basic. He was designed to have posable facial fins to help him emote. Uh, Then we welcome back the return of the Guavian Death Gang. Uh, These guys were kind of cool. I kind of, as much as I have issues with the Death Troopers in Rogue One, they almost use that same type of sound for the Death Gang, and to me, it worked for them. Mm. Um, Does it say who actually played the Death Troopers' voices? It does. Uh, They're inhuman vocal performance are once again handled by Matthew Wood and David Accord from Skywalker Sound. Which are probably the same people who did the Death Troopers. Uh, I'm not sure. I never, I've never looked up who did Death Troopers. Um, now, when you when when you have a cool name, use it. Marcus Speedstar's racer probably has his racing name Speedstar written on it in Arabic along the nose, and the equivalent.
equivalent of the letter S on the wings and his helmet. Uh, the interior looks familiar because it's a repurposed X-wing fighter pilot uh, fighter cockpit. Uh, now only the best for Speed Star comes in at number seven since Marcus. Uh, second, that? Mike. Um, it said a repurposed X-wing cockpit. If you look later on it, well, you see in it that um, it actually has a back seat also. Well, no, they they showed that too. The X-wings yeah. in uh, the future they're in this timeline have back seats also because uh, in what was it two episodes ago when they saved that one pirate yeah uh, he was in the backseat of uh, Kaz's I had never noticed that before that the newer X-Wings had the two seaters I don't think all of them do yeah I don't think all of them do either um, I think it might be certain ones yeah since Marcus Speedstar is one of the most famous sky racers in the galaxy everything about him his ship and his crew need to feel extremely flashy and custom made silhouette of Marcus's ship is based off an SR-71 Blackbird, but made from Y-Wing-inspired forms. Uh, his unique helmet and outfit were meant to feel expensive and custom-made, so, uh, which helps reinforce the story point that he has fallen on harder times and needs to win this prize money. Uh, at number eight, Heartfilled. The episode reveals Nikito species has more than one heart. Perhaps this is why they're often depicted as tough and hardy thugs. Um, number nine, Where's Yeager? Yeager's own personal garage which houses his ship which we see for the first time is located in the corner of the Colossus right next to the hangar that it shares with his repair shop and garage um, now here's what's good to know the Arabish on Griff Halloran's ejection seat handle says pull or push to deploy mm. now design tells the story it was intentional to have a visual contrast between Marcus and Yeager uh, including their ships to emphasize the rift between the two while Marcus has flashed a flashy racing ship. Eager's was designed to feel like a fighter that held from the original trilogy era. Uh, the combination of the original trilogy ships and the Bell X-1, the ship in which Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier. Uh, the striping and the colors of Yeager's ship are based off Bill George's paint scheme for his original model on Fireball. So, that's where everything comes about. And those are uh, 11 fun facts about um, just this episode 11? No. Uh, episode 7? 7, 8? Give me half a minute, I'll look it up. But the latest episode of Star Wars Resistance. So, um, I guess from there, we have any final thoughts? We have an interesting one here that we're probably going to have some discussion about. Uh, the University of Turin has done a new study. Um, it says, ask a critic to name the most influential film of all time and Citizen Kane may be at the top of the list. Ask an algorithm and the answer is Wizard of Oz. Researchers at the University of Turin have developed a computer program that measures the success of a film not by box office takings or positive reviews, but by how many times it references, or it is referenced in other movies, uh, how many spinoffs it's and, and how many spinoffs it's engendered. They, they assessed more than 47,000 films and found that The Wizard of Oz, that staple of Christmas viewing starring Judy Garland and released in 1939, topped the list. It was Followed by Star Wars, the original New Hope, and then Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Oh, now, the out used mm, huh? Psycho third. Yeah, Crazy. well, the algorithm used the um, IMDb website as source material, and the success of the film or of a film usually me usually measured through its box office revenue or through the opinion 
of professional critics, such as measure. Uh, such measures, however, may be influenced by external factors, such as advertising or trends, and are not able to capture the impact of a film over time. The researchers said, now adding that their method cha- challenges the idea that, quote, the best movies are simply the ones that sell more, um, like any other products. So the other 20 films, some of them are surprises, some of them are not. We have Wizard of Oz, Star Wars, Psycho, King Kong from 1930, 2001, uh, uh, Metropolis from 1927. Great choice. Six, six, seven, seven, well, seven, 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 seven,
show. Uh, universally scorned when it first appeared on November 17th, 1978, preempting Wonder Woman and the Incredible Hulk. Uh, the rushed into production special, uh, in quotations, somehow managed to wrangle all the original cast to celebrate the Wookiee Holiday of Life Day. Added to the cast are Scratchhead here, Art Carney, B. Arthur, Diane Carroll, Harvey Corman, and a trippy performance by the Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> the plot, the plot in quotations, is simple. Chewie and Han are trying to get back to Chewie's home planet of Kashyyyk so he can celebrate Life Day with his family, but the Empire is after them and all the other characters pop up to wish his family a happy holiday. A short cartoon also introduces us to the bounty hunter Boba Fett, who is to play an important part of the upcoming The Empire Strikes Back. Costumes are highly encouraged. Special surprise guest appearances throughout the day. So, uh, that's kind of cool. They do that, and it's free. Yeah. Fun. It, that'd be a fun way to spend uh, the uh, December 8th, which I believe is a Saturday. Is a, is a Friday or Saturday? Saturday. Next Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday, yeah. Saturday. So, if you're out if you're out in the uh, Vancouver, Washington area, go check it out. Cool. I wonder where they got the copy of the film to be able to run it. I mean, a, a decent copy of it. I, I don't yeah. think there is a decent copy of it. <laughs> yeah, it might not be a decent copy. <laughs> well, but you could tell this was filmed off of someone's VHS tape. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And putting it on so, the big screen is just going to make it look even worse. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. So that's cool that they, I like that they do that. That's good. And they said it's it's an annual thing, so they do it every year. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, any other final thoughts? That's it for me. Uh, yeah. Check out our shop. Get your sweatshirt, winter hats, hats, t-shirts, jerseys. Support the show. So They make good Christmas gifts. They do. So, Oh, speaking of which, my family, the Thursday after Christmas, we're spending the day at Kennedy Space Center. Oh, cool. And Zoe gets to do this thing called Cosmic Quest. It's like mm-hmm. a game thing where like she gets to design a habitat for Mars and some other stuff. And oh, then, that's awesome. So we're doing that for the first three hours of the day because we're hoping to get there when, when the center opens. And then at noon, we are having lunch with an astronaut. Oh, that's and, awesome. And our astronaut, uh, he he flew on three different shuttle missions. Um, yeah, I showed this to Zoe. I showed his Wikipedia page to Zoe. And Zoe got so excited and was when she was reading information on him. It is Charles D. Gamar or Jamar, a.k.a. Sam Jamar, because he goes by the nickname Sam. Hmm. Um, he has completed 385 orbits of, of the Earth and over 581 hours in space. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. First astronaut to be born in the state of South Dakota. Hmm. Uh, he flew on shuttle missions STS-38, which was with the Atlantis, STS-48, which was on Discovery, and STS-62, which was on Columbia. So That's awesome. I'm and, jealous. And then uh, after that, we're doing the two-hour bus tour where we'll go out to the Saturn V rocket building where they have the Saturn V hanging from the ceiling or hanging from support support cradles. Mm. And you can walk underneath it, and it's broken up by stages. Oh, wow. so, and then they have a replica of the original mission control from the Saturn V launches and all that. Or oh, that'll be a of it. That's yeah, awesome. really cool. So, I know, I know it was something my dad wanted to do with her at one point, but we're doing it for him. And actually doing it for my father-in-law as well, because I think he would love taking her as well. So, um, I guess the only thing left to be said is, until next week. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. 
project. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster, you're kid.